thanks for tuning in to the Writers of Color Reading Series, a podcast presented by the Englert Theater and hosted by me, Chuy Rentadilla. So, like, what are you? I am my mother's daughter. I am my mother's mother's daughter. I am my mother's 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 daughter. Tengo a Claudia en mi sangre, a Susana y a Emma y a las demás que nunca conocí en persona. Pero la siento en mi paso de extraterrestre en la nieve que Susana y Emma y ellas nunca conocieron en vida. Nunca se imaginaron cómo duelen los huesos del frío en una tierra sin ancestros de tierra. Mis ancestras las cargo en mi sangre. Me dieron mis ojos, mi boca, mis oídos, mis manos, mis pies. Las cargo en mi sangre. These women breathe in me. Their salt on their wrinkled hands, their wrinkled faces from the sun. Their wrinkled fists from their luchas en sus dimensiones de selva, de tierra caliente que ruge en mis venas, que ruge en mis palabras, porque siempre quisieron escribir. Pero en el campo no había papel. Y criar hijos y cocinar no da tiempo para boberías. And school was getting married, managing a household, managing their faces, because tears are private. Llorar te hace débil. Y ellas tienen que ser fuertes por sus hijos y sus luchas que no cobijan sueños bohemios porque la vida real es dura. And the act of writing poetry is a privilege. Lucharon para que un día una de ellas, la hija de la hija de la hija de la hija, could one day write and write and write and cry and fight and shut the men up. Ellas no pensarían que alguna de su sangre hablaría en lenguas extraterrestres. I don't even think they'd imagine their child would have un gato indoors would live with a man without a priest's blessing, would speak these tongues, these codes, and forget el patriotismo tricolor. Pero mujeres las llevo en la sangre y me cantan when I roar. You just heard uh, a reading by Angela Pico, So Like What Are You? Angela is a poet and children's book writer. She has an MFA in Spanish creative writing and an MA in French literature and francophone studies from the University of Iowa. She also loves to salsa dance and create art. Angela, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you read and, and to join us for a conversation. How are you feeling today? 
Thank you. I'm feeling excited to be able to be here. And well, the weather is finally <laughs> sunny and nice. So I feel like we're coming out of our winter cocoons. Right. Yeah. Coming out of so many cocoons, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> the last year that we've had. T to get right into it, was it you were nine years old when you came to North Carolina? And yeah. Yeah, and just kind of seeing all the things that you've done is just fascinating to me. So if you want to give like a brief kind of rundown of the journey that you've had to land here at the University of Iowa. Yes, so I came to North Carolina when I was nine with my parents and my twin sister. And we came from Bogota, Colombia. We didn't know we were going to go to a small southern town. <laughs> and we didn't know what that meant either. And we thought we were only going to stay or be in the United States for three years uh, because my mom was a teacher and we came with her as part of a teaching exchange program. And we came here to improve our English. That was the what our parents told us. Uh, but in reality, I know now as an adult, it was also to escape the violence. They were scared uh, for a future and they wanted a better future. And that this teaching program was a, a good opportunity for us to leave the country and explore uh, new futures. We were there until I was there until I was 18. I went to college in California, in uh, Claremont, California, which is 40 minutes east of LA. College was a lot more diverse for me. There I met an international group. There I was like, well, what am I? Right. Uh, so I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'm Colombian. Uh, so then I took on that flag. I was going to be a computer science major. And then I took like two weeks and it was so painful because I saw that I had to learn how to speak robot to be able to speak to the computer and so that the computer would understand me. And I couldn't like, oh, you know, I do go right now. It has to be precise. And I don't like that. I like persuasion. <laughs> Um, and then I was like, okay, well, I don't have that class anymore. And so what am I going to take? And there was that Spanish literature class 101. I was like, why not? And I took that class and I had always liked literature and writing, but I didn't see it as a, something that I would do, uh, formally. I started taking that class. I've started falling in love with Spanish. One day an assignment was write, uh, we had to write a poem and I feel like I already had it in me. I just needed an outlet for it to come out. And I felt such an intense joy. It, it was just this moment in my life where I felt like some like light coming out of my, my torso. It just, you know, when you like, you feel something in your stomach and you're just so excited and you can't contain it. And you're like, I have to contain it. Otherwise people are going to think I'm just like, woo, going up. But it's just like, oh my gosh, I just could feel it in my body. Yeah. And then I, I became a, a Spanish literature and French literature major. So I graduated from college, uh, from undergrad. And then I went back to North Carolina. I wanted to get a job and I got this opportunity at uh, working at a, a logistics company. Uh, to me, it was so corporate, but I was like, I have a job. I need a job. Everyone was getting jobs, so I'm going to get a job. But then I was like, oh my gosh, what is this? What I would have to do the rest of my life working just to make money. So then I, I quit that job. And it was the first time I quit a job and that and it was, and I was like, oh, what to do in life. And all throughout this time, I kept writing. There was a, I went back to Morganton and there was a job opening working as a, an after school program children or an after school program for children. And 
as a yeah, as a coordinator. So I, I went there, I got that job. Uh, it was for elementary school kids from five to 12. And so while I was doing that, I kept on writing and I was like, oh, maybe I could do a creative writing degree. And I talked to a professor from uh, Pomona College uh, from my undergrad, and she recommended that I apply to the University of Iowa for writing. And so I, I did. And one day while I was working with the kids, I got the wonderful news that um, that my application had been accepted uh, to the creative writing program in Spanish. And I was just so happy. That was, uh, <laughs> I was elated. I was floating. Uh, and, and then they also gave me the, uh, the arts fellowship, which meant that I could just write the first year. So I was so happy over the moon. And then after the two years, um, I started uh, the MA in French and Francophone studies uh, here as well. And throughout this time, I've taught French language. I taught uh, Latinx uh, literature class in the U.S., and Spanish language this semester. And now I'm here and I'm graduating, I graduate, I'm graduating this spring. So I guess in a nutshell, you asked me, how did I get to Iowa? And I... <laughs> no, that was great. No, that was awesome. No, there's so many things that you said. I, I, I mean, I'm really fascinated with this idea of like your experience with teaching children and how that has really manifested itself with your interest in like children's writing and children's literature. And if you could speak a little bit about that and, and like another thing to think about, you know, you're, you say that you have this sort of like um, multi-expressionist, multi-linguistic, like when you, before you sit down and I've asked this to other guests too, like before you sit down, is it like something where you have to consciously think like my output is going to be like this and it can be like a language thing or it can even be like a like you know it's going to be art like to like you know like 2d printed art it's going to be a poem it's going to be like a children's book like what's your process of getting to like like to choose what the expression is going to be i think my life completely changed changed when i was a child because i moved to the us and so I can identify the child that I was before the big move and after the big move, how my language was before the big move, how my language developed after the big move, um, all the understanding uh, society, American society as a child, navigating all of these complicated systems as a child. And, and so because my life has been so greatly affected by my childhood experiences and coming of age in terms of who I am and my identity um, and how I see the world. I think about childhood a lot. I have really great memory. I, I have very vivid dreams. And so I can pinpoint a lot of my childhood experiences just photographically. I can remember the words. I can remember something that someone said one day that sounded funny, but now I look at it and I was like, oh, that was racist. <laughs> but when I was there, I didn't understand it. Um, so because I have, I feel that I am current, constantly living with my childhood because it's so present as I write through my creative process and in my daily life, the more I learn in terms of 
say Latino studies or more history, or I become more empowered, the more I can uh, organize uh, trauma and understand and try to work through it. Um, so because childhood is so pres present in my present, then I look at children thinking maybe like I was that child too. So I like to work with children um, thinking, what would I have liked to have heard, have seen when I was a child also struggling? Um, and then your second question, um, I think of different art forms as translation of my feelings into something that can be legible for others. I, sometimes I think my little body can't contain all the emotions. Uh, <laughs> it is, it's just, sometimes it's too much, but I'm glad that I have writing and I have uh, art whenever to just like let it out. And I, I like to just, I feel like it's this giant thunderstorm and I kind of have that power to grab the clouds and like the, the lighting and sort of kind of mold it and then when it comes out through my hand in words, and it's just like a relief. Yeah, no, I, I, I love it. I could like, I could just listen to you like talk about your process like all day because it's like, it's such a, I can see it's such like a, a visceral thing. And yeah, and like, I can totally relate to that. And I love that, that it's like the first draft where it, it is this like, it needs to come out and then the editing, like, completely different process completely you have to be in a completely different mindset you have to like and to me it's like interesting to see the relationship with who has seen the text right if it's just me and it's getting out and then finally it's like okay it's edited a couple of times now other people see it now it's a different my relationship to my writing my relationship to my art is now different because it's been seen by other eyes that are you know like like you know even if they're like professional editors it's like it's judgment or it, it's it's you know they they have their own life to look at this thing too so then it becomes a different relationship so yeah but Angela it's been such a pleasure to hear you know your take on things but yeah I I, I just want to say again I I I am I love everything that you do everything that I've read and your takes on things I, I think is, is so like it, it inspires me and your relationship with, with language. And, and I wanted to say this before, but it's like, it's, it, it really inspires me and, and gives me hope for, for my own kind of process too, because I realized that my relationship with like Spanish and English and my, like my mangled Spanglish, it's like, it's fluid. Right. And, and kind of how you talked about how, when you were, you know, and, in high school and then you kind of, you know, you, you moved away from it and then it came back in college. I feel like I'm on that, that journey. Everybody's on that journey that is like, you know, multilingual too. So I, I just wanted to get that out that, yeah, oh, you're cool. <laughs> oh, it's been wonderful to chat with you and get a lot of ideas out. <laughs> it's been fun. drums. It hurts. Me duele. La cabeza, normal. Y el lenguaje, 
normal. I can't speak Spanish. I can't speak Spanish. I can't speak Spanish en la academia porque me dicen no es suficiente, que está manchado y no tiene fronteras. ¿Y qué si hablo como los de aquí? ¿No ven que somos millones? Nosotros luchamos por hablar en our Spanish y defenderlo con sangre. Hablar en español como alienígena, como cuerpos manchados. Our language, our tongues are wounded and fragile. Somos lenguas mestizas, mezclados con tierra, hijos de historias invisibles. Here, because it's a privilege to be able to trace back your validated heritage. We create our language and our stories. Somos el punto cero. My people que dicen, I don't have good Spanish. It's not proper. Solo porque el institutional agenda is teach white Spanish. I can't speak Spanish in public. I can't speak Spanish in public. No quiero que me rajen, me echen, me criminalicen. Go back to your country. Que no, this is my fucking country. Tener que discreetly take out my phone and record a video because that's how you accuse the system. And the only thing we could hope to do is get a viral video of hate while we peacefully respond. We have to be peaceful. No podemos rebajarnos a su nivel, dice mi mamá. Or our anger will take us to jail. Or dead. Anger, que todos tenemos derecho a sentir. Feelings, que no nos dejan sentir. Unos si tienen ese derecho, de verdad. De gritar. Y cantar y llorar, but I feel like solo lo puedo hacer en privado. I'm sick. Me duele. It hurts. Words for every single little thing. Could we erase it? And its rules? I'm tired of language. Quiero deslenguizarme. Deslenguizarme. Me duele el lenguaje. Pero no mi lenguaje. Mi lenguaje de sueños would be telepathic. We touch arms or hands or fingers or foreheads and you'd know. We'd renounce esos códigos que duelen. We'd forgo the marks que nos cortan y nos persiguen como perfume de banano podrido, como hierros que anuncian nuestros pasos. But I write in Spanish, aquí en Estados Unidos, porque quiero. Y me dicen que no sé muy bien el español. Like, my tongue no tiene validez. Therefore, I 
validated. I have no language that has recognized borders. You make me feel like I have no connection to my heritage. Que tiene mucho inglés y que se nota el sintaxis anglo. Que no se dice memorias, sino recuerdos. But my recuerdos are no longer recuerdos, sino memorias. Que si pienso ahora en una niñez lejana en Colombia, they will now always be memorias. Because I am both Spanish and English, but not in equal parts. I am not two, but one with both inside, indistinguishable, mixed forever. Our thanks to Angela Pinto for joining us in today's conversation. Now for today's prompt, there's something that Angela said right at the top of my conversation with her that really got me, I just kind of latched onto it and was thinking about it a lot. Uh, when describing why her family came from Colombia, uh, she described at first when she was young, they told her that it was to improve her English. And she said this phrase, and it was kind of a little, you know, just a little throwaway phrase she used. She said, in reality, I know now as an adult, it was to escape all the things going on in her home country. And that line, in reality, I know now as an adult, is something that I can really, really relate to. Um, and not necessarily this, you know, her specific individual journey, but just that idea of, as a kid, a lot of the people around you, a lot of the adults around you have to soften up the blow, right? And as you get older, you start to have these epiphanies about what it really was like. So I'm curious for today's prompt if that might jostle some things for you all. So um, however you want to respond, you can respond to, maybe it's a, a, a finish the prompt, right? In reality, I know now as an adult, blank. And if you have anything to say, you can write it, you can record it, however you want to respond. And if it feels good to you, you can send it to us at podcast at org, and we'd love to see it. Uh, this is Chewy signing off. See you next time. Support for this podcast comes from Friends of the Inglert. To learn more, visit org slash friends. Ongoing support provided by the National Endowment for the Arts and the Iowa Arts Council, a division of the Iowa Department of Cultural Affairs and by the United States Regional Arts Resilience Fund. Phase One is an initiative of Arts Midwest and its peers the United States Regional Arts and Organizations, made possible by the Andrew W. Mellon Foundation. Mm -hmm.